Coming up on The Rock Fight, do you even know what the CCC stands for? You're about to find out next. This episode of The Rock Fight is brought to you by Gear Trade. Since 1999, GearTrade.com has been your go-to home for unnew outdoor gear and apparel. You know you have that jacket, pack, or tent that has just been left out of your past few adventures. Why not put it all in a box? Let Gear Trade sell it for you. Heck, they'll even send you a box and a free shipping label. It's that easy to get cash money for all the stuff you're not using. Head to GearTrade.com and click on the Sell Your Gear tab to learn more. GearTrade. This episode of The Rock Fight is brought to you by Long Weekend Coffee with four varieties of beans. Long Weekend is the best coffee to start your outdoor adventures every day, not just on the weekend. Head to longweekend.coffee and be sure to enter the promo code ROCK10 for 10% off of your first order. Long Weekend Coffee. More weekend, please. We're also brought to you by Rock Fight. Head to rockfight.co to check out every episode of The Rock Fight and stay tuned for info on subscribing to The Rock Fight Substack coming soon. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to The Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. What do you know about the CCC? If you're like me, you probably can't even remember what those three C's stand for, which is the Civilian Conservation Corps. The CCC was one of the solutions to issues caused by the Great Depression put into play by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1933. No doubt you remember learning something in high school, or maybe you saw a plaque about the CCC at a trailhead on one of your adventures. I mean, that's been my experience anyway. Before reading The Tree Army Boys by David Meerman Scott in the most recent issue of Mountain Gazette, if you had asked me about the CCC, there's probably a 98% chance I wouldn't have even nailed what CCC stands for, let alone digging into the work they actually did way back in the day. But the impact of that amazing idea by FDR continues to pay forward nearly a century later, especially when it comes to those of us who like to play in the woods. And after reading The Tree Army Boys in Mountain Gazette, I was keen to dig into the story even more. So David Meerman Scott is here today to talk about what he learned while researching the article. And if you don't know who David is, well, he's a pretty big deal. He's the author of 12 books about business and marketing, and he's a well-known online marketing strategist. And as it turns out, he's also a big fan of going outside. I'm Colin Chiru. Welcome back to The Rock Flight. And today, we're getting an outdoor history lesson we talk about the Civilian Conservation Corps with David Meerman Scott. So David, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Colin, it's awesome to be here. Thanks. I love what you're doing. You had to uh, snap into podcast mode. I know you've been traveling a bit the last few days. A little bit of Grateful Dead travel going on, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. What, what's the with the dead and jam bands and the you guys have like laid claim to the the title of like outdoor music soundtrack? And I'm just I'm a ska guy. Nice. I'm a punk rock guy. Like I, I explain nice. it to me. Okay, two seconds on the dead um, and why it matters. Uh, so I'm um, I'm also a ska guy and I'm also a punk guy. All right, uh, all right. The Ramones played my high school in 1975. How about that? um i was in the front row um so uh jam bands every every um song is this is different every set list is different um every way that they do a show is different so i've been i went to five in the last eight days two at fenway uh, dead and company at fenway three dead and company at Folsom field in 
uh, Boulder, plus some other after parties and whatnot. And you just never know what's going to happen. Unlike, let's say you go to Rolling Stones concert, maybe they swap out one song. <laughs> um, so it's it's just kind of nice to be able to have, um, have something mixed up. And I have really, really good friends who do it with me. And we converge at Fenway Park um, last weekend and um, in Boulder this past weekend. And it's great. My buddy Jay was probably at the Boulder show. He lives in the front range, and he's a yeah. yeah. Jay's my but Jay's my buddy too. Um, shot some photos of me, and um, and we had a chat. He wrote the the um, he he did the photos for my book, Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead. I've done thirteen books, and um, I wrote Marketing Lessons from the Grateful Dead with Bill Walton, the NBA basketball yeah, Hall of Famer. My my buddy Bill plus Brian Halligan, who's the co-founder of HubSpot, and um, Jay did the photos for. Um, for marketing lessons from the Grateful I, Dead, and we. I so I, I've been to. Um, I gotta like mentally count nine hundred and roughly nine hundred and fifty concerts in my lifetime, starting at age fifteen. Um, I'm up to ninety five Grateful Dead slash Dead and Company concerts, and it's one of my things. It's one of the things that keep me alive. You know, going in the water and surfing is a huge adventure and keeps me alive. And and um, going to dead shows and other kinds of music uh, and um, and hiking and mountain biking and all the stuff that you talk about are things that I love and add the jam band in, thing into it. And what, what could be better than going to Boulder for four days and hiking and biking and listening to the dead and company? I mean, what you know, you know, you got to live life, right? Well, and that's a perfect segue because your your public persona is rooted in sort of the business and marketing side and, and public speaking. Uh, it clearly from your article in the most recent Mountain Gazette, there's an outdoorsy side to you as well, like you were just saying. Yeah. I mean, I feel a little bad for you. I mean, usually you're chilling with like, you know, Tony Robbins and today you're slumming it with the outdoor fighty guy. Oh, but... good. And, and <laughs> but... this, is, this, is, this is awesome. Happy to be here. But so we are quest your article the way the way it starts, you know, it's during the pandemic, your quest around New England, it sort of led to your obsession with the CCC. Do you say the CCC, the triple C? How do you abbreviate it? Uh, I always say CCC. I'm okay. not sure how to do how that's how I say it. CCC. Yeah, and, a lot of, and, a, and a lot of times CCC boys when I refer to the people who are in the program. Um and it's kind of an easy way to say it. Uh, so, but yeah, it was um um a pandemic hit. And uh, I had been doing 30 or 40 speaking gigs a year all over the world. I've spoken in 47 countries so far. So I was always on an airplane and all of a sudden I'm on no airplanes. And I right. put in this, I put in this video studio that you see right now. Um, it's um, in my, um, uh, in my, oh wow, spare, spare, one of my spare bedrooms at home. I've got four cameras. It's fabulous. Um, and um, tried to do some speaking gigs from here and got some and whatnot. But then, you know what an opportunity the pandemic became for me. I live outside of Boston and Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont are really close. Um, great surfing. I have a house in Nantucket Island, so with surfing a lot. And I bought a camper van. I bought a um, nice. a, a fab fabulously tricked out Sprinter, and it's amazing. And it's got um, I, I can be off grid for a week. I've got amazing battery power. I've got a hot and cold running water. I've got a shower, a toilet. I mean, it's an unbelievable machine. And I started to get back into hiking and overnight camping. I'd been a hiker um, when I was a kid. I was doing overnight hiking when I was a kid, but really got into it. And as I was hiking around um, and staying with my van in um, national forests and national and state parks around New England, I kept seeing built 
by the Civilian Conservation Corps, uh, campgrounds I stayed in, um, hiking trails, and like, wow, that's really interesting, built by the Conserva Civilian Conservation Corps. So I, I started to kind of file that in the back of my mind. And yeah. I stayed at, a, I stayed at a, a, um, a, a, a hut or a cabin, whatever you want to call it, in um, one of the state parks in New Hampshire, built by the Civilian Conservation Corps in the 1930s. It's still there, you know, an open three-sided uh, three hut. And then um, I went to a show at Red Rocks out in uh, Colorado, and then as I was walking in the door at Red Rocks or the, you know, the entrance, mm -hmm. it's an outdoor venue, of, our outdoor venue, of course, built by the Civilian Conservation Corps. What the heck is going on? So I'm like, my mind was blown. Not only are the hiking trails that I like, the campgrounds that I like, but also freaking Red Rocks all <laughs> built by the Civil Civilian Conservation Corps. I got to figure this thing out. And I started to to read and I bought some histories. I bought some biographies of some of the um, the CCC boys who were in the program. And I really started to dig in and learn um, and, um, and and just decide to write that article for Mike and for Mountain Gazette because it's just such a fascinating thing for me. Yeah, well, did you have any, what was your familiarity before? Because as recently as a few weeks ago when I read your article, if you had asked me what the CCC even stood for, I don't yeah. know if I would have been able to tell you. I mean, I, I have a vague memory of learning probably some blurb in my high school history book, right? right. About like right, what right, it right. was. But I mean, is it, did you have any familiar with familiarity with it really before you started um, noticing these markers? Same as you. I'm vaguely, yeah. vaguely familiar. Right. And I've, I've now had a conversation with at least 100 people, you know, cocktail parties. I actually did this past um, weekend in Colorado talking about um, the CCC. Um, it was um, one of the very first programs that FDR put in place yeah. right, when, right when he uh, took office. It was actually a month after he took office in, in 1932. And, um, and it was part of what became the New Deal, but it was one of the very first things that he implemented. And um, uh, it's not as well known now, but at the time it was really important. And I think, um, and this is important, Colin, the most important U.S. government program ever. And I, I believe that. And, like, and, and you're including like the NASA, most, like the space most program. And the most successful U.S. government program ever. I'm, I'm a huge NASA nerd. I wrote a book called Marketing the Moon. That was turned into a three-part um, American experience by PBS miniseries. So that book became a movie. And yeah, yeah, I, that's NASA. NASA's huge. But I think the most, imp the, the most successful U.S. government program ever is the Civilian Conservation Corps. So what they did was they took unemployed young men between the ages of 18 and 25 and not only did the young man have to be unemployed, but his family, too, had to be unemployed and he had to still be living at home. Then he could join the Civilian, Civilian Conservation um, Corps and he was paid $30 a month, 25 of which he was required to send home to his parents. I love that. And, um, and the CCC employed over its um, nine year history, it employed um, uh, three million young men, they call themselves boys in the program, three million right. boys. They pant, they planted throughout some stats, three billion trees planted, 
173,000 miles of roads, uh, mainly dirt roads through mountains, mountainous area, logging roads and whatnot built. They built ski mountains. Um, they built fire lookout towers. They built dams. They built hiking trails. They built campgrounds. Um, it, it was just an incredible program because it put the young men to work, mm -hmm. gave them something to do. It, and many, many of them learned a trade. They might have learned how to um, repair trucks and automobiles on, on their, in their camp. The camps were um, 200 people each, 200 um, young men each, 200 boys each, plus some um, support staff who came from the army, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then they worked on these um, programs five days a week. They had the weekend off. They could go into town and get into trouble. And, and, and in every account that I read, the boys said it was one of the best times in their lives as they were working with people their own age, sending money home. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I think it was just a fabulous program because today, still, you and I are enjoying what the CCC built um, nearly 100 years ago. We're hiking those trails. We're skiing those trails. We're um, uh, going to concerts in the amphitheater that they <laughs> built in Colorado still. And by the way, that's rated the number one um, outdoor venue in the world. Um, well, by, how by could country. it not be? It's ridiculous yeah, when you're in there. Exactly, right? Have you been there to I Red have. Rocks? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's no other word than ridiculous. It's so cool. Um, so anyway, I just geeked out. Oh my God, my mind was blown. The Civilian Conservation Corps, how cool is that? Um, I read, I, you know, trolled eBay for these obscure biographies written by guys who were there that were published in the 50s and, and out of print. And it was, it was just so much fun to research that um, over the last couple of years. When you think of the modern outdoor industry, like especially having had a long career in the industry and a kind of typically the 70s and 80s and kind of modern textile boom kind of gets pointed to for really kicking off what is now what we see as the outdoor industry in terms of brands yep. and products and things like that. But this is the 1930s, right? So it's just like right. kind of look, think about it. Why did in your research, did you uncover why were there so many outdoor projects? Was this just did people, did more people want to get outside and hike and things like that? Or was it just kind of easier to have young men in the woods, hey, go build a trail on a dirt road? Uh -huh. You know, it's like, we need we need something for you to do. So this is simple. Like, what, do, you know, do you know why? Um, well, there are other programs as part of the um, FDR's um, plan to, to get the country out of the depression, because that was the thick of the depression. And right. um, over 25% of, of, of boys that age, 18 and 25, were unemployed. Um, many, many, many home, um, households were unemployed. It was a tough time. And, and FDR had other programs like the Work Product Projects Administration, WPA. They built things, big things that like dams and big roadways and so on. So that was a different program. Um, mm -hmm. There was a, a group of, of artists um, that were employed that painted murals on, um, I think, thousands of post offices and, and train stations and so on. So there was an artist program. There was a writer's program. They produced books and, and histories and magazines. I mean, so they, they, they fig FDR did a great job at figuring out ways to put people to work mm -hmm. um, that actually created things that were valuable and important for the country. Um, and um, and so for those young men who had who didn't have a skill, 
um, that this worked out to be perfect because every single state in the union had had um, CCC camps. They were spread geographically all over the place. Um, so, for example, I did a lot of research about the CCC in Vermont, and there were something like 35 camps of 200 mm-hmm. boys each just in the state of Vermont, very small state. Um, and so it just seemed logical to everybody who was working on the program that um, they could build recreational areas for people to enjoy. So that became the skiing and the hiking and the campgrounds and so on. Uh, but a huge thing that they did also was in the late 1800s and in the very, very early 1900s, uh, but mainly the late 1800s, the forests in many part of the United States were clear cut. Right. And um, and so Vermont, for example, was primarily clear cut and then um, farmed and a lot of it was cattle and, and so on. And um, and and it was horrible with flooding and um, and, and there was just, a it, you know, it just destroyed the environment to you know, imagine clear cutting thousands of acres in the state of Vermont all at once. So things like water runoff became a huge problem. So the the program not only created recreation um, for the average American, but also um, it was very important for things like erosion. And they had some horrible floods in the tw- in the 10s, 20s, and 30s, because there's nowhere for the water to go because, mm. you know, just push, you know, and houses were washed away. And they did a fabulous job at building hundreds and hundreds of dams to help solve that problem. And as I said earlier, they planted three billion trees. Every B time I take a, a every time I take a pee in the woods, I think I'm peeing on a tree <laughs> that was planted by uh, one of the guy, one of the boys from the CCC. So it's no, I remember um, I lived in New Hampshire for a long time. I remember learning yeah. like when you a lot of so such a common occurrence, I don't have to tell you of being in the woods and seeing stone walls and old fences. And you, right. you find out that no, there was a time not that long ago when you know, when you think of New England, and it's these lush forests. And it's like, no, none of that was there. We, we no. cut all that down. <laughs> yeah, we cut nine. we cut all that down. And all of those stone walls were yeah. were marking the different farmers territories when it right. was all clear cut. Right. Um, yeah. So you can imagine. And by the way, if you if you ever get back to New Hampshire, the most intact CCC camp is located um, in um, at Bear Brook State Park in the southern part of New Hampshire. And I've been there three or four times. It's like they've got a museum, CCC museum, and you can see really see some great things built by the CCC right there. It- you know, funny that we're talking today because, uh, you know, Facebook has those, you know, the memories that pop up and everything. And today there were photos of me with my, she's 17 now, but my then two-year-old daughter, I guess, at the nice. Bearbrook Blast Off in 2009 mountain bike race. Wow. So I've, been, I've been to Bearbrook. Yeah. How cool. So, so I don't know which trails were CCC built, but I'm almost certain that those trails that you did on the mountain bike um, 15 years ago, those were CCC built trails. How sense. crazy is that? Right. Right. So it's proving the point. I'm, I, yeah. you know, yeah. w- without us having figured out and collaborating that this is how we're going to go with this question, um, we just established that you also are enjoying, without necessarily knowing it, uh, trails that were built by the CCC nearly 100 years ago as part of a government program to help get young men back to work. And I, I mean, I just think it's so, so unbelievably important for this world that we love, you know, getting outdoors um, and the whole adventure kind of adventure um, um, activities that we love has the CCC was so important for that. 
Yeah, I think that was my one of my key takeaways. Again, not really barely being familiar with it just based on something I probably learned in high school. And then right. if you would ask me and I said, I don't know, they probably built some roads or something like that. Right. Yeah. And now I've yeah. lived actually had the opportunity to live in eight different states. And, you know, and every time you go right. somewhere new or even if you're visiting somewhere, you pull out the guidebooks or you look at the apps, like, where do I going to go do these things? And then yeah. reading your article, understanding that everywhere I've lived, I've definitely I've been on a trail probably or been in an area I'm sure that has been impacted by the CCC. 100 percent. Incredible. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And and it's interesting that, like you said, and like so many of my friends, people kind of vaguely aware, I've heard that term CCC. Um, and, and I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out why. Here's what I think happened. So the CCC dissolved once the United States entered World War II. They, they basically mm. collapsed into each other. And um, uh, something like a million CCC boys went directly from the CCC or almost directly, maybe a year or two um, right. of a skip into the military. And um, World War II became a, a much, much, much bigger story to write about for the media than the CCC and for historians. So imagine you're a historian in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s, and, or even now, and you want to write about some epic moments. What do they write about? They write about World War II. Yeah. Um, and things that have come since World War II. And I think that the CCC got um, a bit of um, uh, a bit of a bit forgotten because yeah. historians didn't focus on it. And there were historians that focused on FDR's presidency and the New D Deal in general. But there are, you know, there's a there's there's a handful of books about the CCC. There's no one's ever really done a great book on yeah. the CCC, um, and um, uh, and and it was a little bit hard to do the research. Um, and I, I got some of my best material, by the way, from eBay. I, I bought diaries of guys who are in the program. I bought letters. I've got people in the program, and some of that was the best because it was primary re primary information. And, and the um, the Bearbrook State Park um, has a um, has a fabulous museum, and they let me go through these dusty, crazy old archives and pulling out letters that boys sent home, and then the the letters from the mother coming back. Fabulous and fascinating stuff, um, and that hasn't really been written about. Um, so you have to kind of dig in up to your elbows and dust to, to, to get the primary information. That makes a ton of sense. I mean, if you think about the time when it's at its peak, it's during the depression, it's a really dark time for the nation. What, you know, yeah. not something, not a time when people want to revisit by any in depth. And then you go right into world war two, you know, the time when the world almost came to an end. So it's right. like, you know, like <laughs> why, why would you, uh, well, hold on, let's go back and talk about this nice little program that happened 10, you know, 10 years before uh, right. world yeah. war two. That makes a ton of sense. I but I, I still think I think that's what the deal is, and yeah. so it's been exciting to write about because, um, my gosh, the um, the dovetail to what we you know what we love to do, whether that's yeah. hiking or mountain biking or skiing or whatever it might be, it's just it's like amazing. Yeah, what do you think is is taking its place? I mean, I think about now, especially in the mountain biking, trail running, hiking worlds, like trail maintenance and construction. It's a constant ask of participants. It's a requirement yep. for certain events, things like that, yep. but. Is there really anything larger scale that is, I mean, I know it's, we're talking, it's by, you know, we're talking about a nearly hundred year old question now, but that has taken the place of the CCC and the kind of the modern outdoor infrastructure. No, not at all. I mean, imagine 3 million, right. 3 million is an enormous number of humans 
the um yeah. and, and they sign up typically sign up for one year one year in the program and many of them doubled down and did two or even three years so um we're talking probably five or six million people years of work that is a ridiculous amount of work um so some of the things that have been um uh been been worked on is so, so of course ski mountains have essentially become private enterprises right um whereas the ccc built some ski mountains and they were public at the time now pretty much private um campgrounds are all still going and um pretty much so supported by the fees that the campers pay but all many 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 of state parks national parks were built by the ccc and still are maintained um for, so I love hiking the Appalachian Trail, the long tra and the long trail. The long trail goes from the length of Vermont from the Massachusetts border, the Canadian border. It's 273 miles. I'm going to do the whole thing next year. I've been doing it in sections nice. this year, but I'll do the whole thing start to finish in one go, except for sleeping occasionally in my camper van. <laughs> um, but but <laughs> essentially resupply, one, you know, for you know every four or five days for a nice resupply day. But otherwise, I'll be I'll be doing the whole thing. And and the Green Mountain Club is the um over oversees the long trail and um it's a full-blown nonprofit organization with a, a bunch of donations and, and and people who volunteer their time and they take fabulous fabulous care of the uh, of the long trail so that's a volunteer and a donor led effort um and, and so there's also the youth conservation corps which is kind of loosely modeled on the ccc but it's tiny 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 in mm. comparison i don't know the numbers but it's i'm, I'm just going to wild guess it's probably closer to more like ten thousand people than three million people right um right. but it's kind of loosely take takes over some of the things that the ccc did but because we're not in a depression because there's not thousands you know millions and millions and millions of people who are unemployed i'm not sure we could ever re reproduce that as a government yeah. program um so it requires these this patchwork of like you said volunteer if you're gonna if you're gonna do this mountain bike race you've got to volunteer 10 hours to build trail or whatever it might be me donating money to the green mountain club um to help to pay for people to maintain the trail um, who are working for the the GMC. So there are lots of different ways that this all comes together. Yeah, it's funny just reflecting on it. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, if you probably look in the aggregate of all the smaller organizations or volunteer organization, things like that, yeah. it probably makes up a lot of it. But boy, I was I was the kid who coming out of high school, went to college just for the sake of going to college, didn't really know what I wanted <laughs> to do with myself. And having had an option like that would have been a pretty interesting, that wasn't, a, that wasn't the military, would have been cool. Like, no. hey, just go move to, you know, Michigan for a year and, and build trails like, you know, right. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the, when I, when I graduated from college, Peace Corps was an option. I had a mm -hmm. couple of friends, I had a couple of friends who went into the Peace Corps. Um, and so, but it's not, I, they're not huge numbers. Um, you know, there are some people who do it, but it's not huge numbers. And, and I think, um, I don't know, President Obama was a huge fan of the CCC, huge fan, and, mm. and um, tried to figure out ways to to do something similar. But um, it just I think it's it's a it was it was the perfect program for that time and that place in that moment in history. In 1932, FDR comes into power, horrible depression going on, so many people looking for work. Um, I think it worked out great. I don't think we could do it right now. I really don't. I don't. I don't yeah. see the. I don't see the 
everything aligning in such a way that the program could work today. So you've been super gracious with your time. I really appreciate it, especially now you came off of your 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 uh, epic uh, you know dead show <laughs> bender. Uh, but... Much rather be doing this than doing real work. <laughs> <laughs> what was there anything that you learned about the CCC that uh, didn't make the cut for the article? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been doing a ton of research for it. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of things that I found fascinating with just the way they lived. You know, it was. It was um, typically five people, uh, sorry, five um, uh, sort of bunk houses, if you will. So there's roughly um, 50 in each, roughly, um, and uh, 50 you know, boys in each. And, 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 and how they ate in the mm-hmm. mess, you know, mess hall and the cooks and where the food came from. I mean, imagine this. This is just a, an out, I guess, an outtake they, from the article that um, they were required, each camp was required to buy food locally from mm-hmm. local, farm, local farmers, from local markets, uh, from um, anything is clo- that's close to the camp. And the average camp spent $5,000 on food and therefore per oh, week, yeah. $5,000 per week on food. So what I love about this is, is the federal government money goes to pay for the program. Army people um, ran the camps. And of course, we weren't at war in the 30s. So the army people ran the camps. And then um, uh, the boys were paid five bucks uh, a month, 25 of that their money dollars of their money per month went home. Mm-hmm. So it, the money that went home then went into the local economies in their hometowns and $5,000 a month paid roughly paid for food, which was spent in the towns um, and the local areas where the camps were. So in a sense, it was federal money being spread all yeah. over the United States and every state of the union, and probably because of these three million boys, probably every single community in the country for work that was, it wasn't make work, it wasn't giving people yeah. money, it was work right. that was important to people like us who love to get outdoors. I mean, what a crazy program. Not, I mean, not to get political, but imagine getting that through Congress today. <laughs> oh, I know, I hear you, I hear you. Exa- exactly right, exactly right, you know, and, and, and you know, one side's going to figure out what are the conspiracy theories about what's really going on. And then, you know, then all the freaking senators and congressmen trying to figure out how they're going to get more money into their state. It, yeah. it would be a nightmare. It'd be it a nightmare. Be an absolute I, don't nightmare. Think we, I don't think we could pull it off. We'd have to be in another depression. That's the only way it could happen. Well, I'm not sure I'm rooting for that, but man, if they, were to, if they were to do something like this, imagine how many more trails would get built. <laughs> All right. Well, we can end it up there. Uh, David, I really appreciate you joining. I learned so much reading the article. And, uh, you know, I think it's I, it's actually, you know, it's it's easy to kind of blow smoke up the gas and say, you know, huh. hey, this is important work. But like, like, what did we both start saying? We had a vague recollection of this thing that kind of existed 100 years ago. And then to yeah. realize the impact it has had on our lives from the things that we love to do. It is important. It's important people understand that w- what this was. I think it's super important. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had. Um, I probably had at least a hundred where 
I've mentioned or it's popped up in conversation, you know, oh, I'm going hiking. Where are you going hiking? Oh, did you know that trail was built by the CCC? And here we were talking and you're talking, you know, uh, today you said your Facebook memory popped up right. of when your daughter was two, you're on a, on, a, on a mountain bike trail, which was built by the CCC. It's just remarkable. I was talking to someone, oh yeah, I was skiing at Stowe. This is in the winter, I was skiing at yeah. Stowe. Yeah. Hey, did you know that was built by the CCC? You know, going to Red Rocks. But, and, and there are many, 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 many others but it's just a remarkable thing. So I, I, I'm, I'm always game to talk about it. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to blab about the, 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 the most successful U.S. government program in history that no one knows about. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that talk about a doorstep's more fun than talk about marketing? Is that what, are you not, are you gonna be a regular guest? Let's go, let's get you on there here. There we go, I'm, I'm happy to be on again, but um, you know, it's <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta talk about, gotta talk about what you love, right? That's, that's, what, that's what life's about. Yeah, don't offer that because we'll just start. We'll start doing marketing analysis of all the outdoor brands and you know all the mistakes they're making. You know, that's what. Uh, we'll that's do. a that's a completely different podcast, but I'd be game for that <laughs> one. <laughs> hey, David, thanks so much for joining. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Colin. Take care. All right, that's our show for today. Big thanks to my guest, David Meerman Scott. If you want to check out his article on the CCC, head to mountaingazette.com and subscribe today. Not sure if there are any copies of the issue left, but that's about the only way you'll get to read it. So, you know, do it. We'll be back next week with more amazing podcasts. Reach out to us, myrockbite at gmail.com. I'm Colin True. Thank you very much for checking out this show. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. Rock Fight!